Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Getting a birth control pill is about to get a whole lot easier. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. For the first time, the Food and Drug Administration has approved an over-the-counter birth control medication that's going to be available to anyone. The drug's called Opil, and it's been available for decades, but previously it was only by prescription. Advocates say this is a huge win for making contraception more accessible, especially with the overturning of Roe v. Wade last summer. Here to discuss is Kai Tao, co-founder and principal of Impact and Innovation at Illinois Contraceptive Access Now, or ICANN. That's a statewide initiative to make birth control easier to get here in Illinois. Kai, what was your reaction to the FDA's approval of Opil? Yeah, this is a great this is great news. It's a huge deal. And it's been something that's been long time coming, meaning for years, many, many people have been working on this. Um, so to hear this news today is amazing. Um, we know that birth control is basic health care. And we need to normalize it as basic health care. It's safe, effective, and the reality is many people need access. At any given time, 60 to 70 percent of people who are sexually active are using birth control. And many may use birth control not related to actually pregnancy prevention, as there's many reasons to use birth control. Uh, With the recent Dobbs decision and millions of people who can become pregnant, being denied their reproductive autonomy, it's more important than ever that we have one more way of access yeah. a birth control method. And you mentioned, you know, that a lot of people had been working on this. So was the medication actually on your radar leading up to the decision? You know, um, full disclosure, I have not been personally working on it as much as working with advocacy, advocacy groups nationally okay. who have been leading it. So, um, but I know it's been probably around six years of talking about this and making sure that we can get more options of birth control. This particular method is the progesterone-only method. It is the first step. We would like to see many more other self-administered options, uh, primarily the con- combined con- contraception. Yeah, let's, mm-hmm. let's yep. help make the distinction for us. So this pill, it's, it's a tablet that's uh, it's made by a company in Dublin, Ireland. As you said, it's, it's progestin-only. How does that work exactly? Yes, yeah, so... Progestin-only pills, um, often sometimes some people may call it the mini pill, um, or POP, you may see that acronym, progesterone-only pills, um, is probably the less common type of pill. Um, However, it works to thicken the cervical mucus, uh, thin the endometrial lining, and in some cases, uh, it can also prevent ovulation. And you say it's less common because a lot of people use... uh the combination, right, with progestin and estrogen. Correct. Progestin and estrogen are the more common type. Probably data shows about 95% of most pill users are using the combined ones because the combined ones have a little bit different profile in terms of people who take it. Um, it doesn't have to be as timely. We say in general, a pill works if you take it the same time every day. Mm-hmm. Progesterone only one has a little bit more sensitivity to that education. And then also some of the benefits that some people who take the pill, like I mentioned, for non-medical reasons, Mm -hmm. like I have bad period cramps or I want to know, 
have lighter bleeding. Yes. Some of those reasons um, are better uh, matched with con- combined pills versus the progesterone-only pills. So there are some drawbacks to the progesterone-only yeah, I, I wouldn't call it drawbacks as, as we just need to be really clear that our consumers, our patients out there who want and desperately need more access, understand their options. Yeah. That time thing, though, is I, I know just from having used birth control in, in, in the past, uh, that's something, right? Trying to make sure you take it at the same time every day. And that was always drilled in my head, um, though I was taking the combination. Correct. So, I mean, it's just a matter of getting in the routine. I right. Think. And that we do good education. That Setting s- alarms. That right. helps. Right. There's a lot of apps out there that help you do that as well. So. Right. FDA analysts who reviewed the company's data on the pill, they had concerns around side effects like uh, vaginal bleeding, uh, as we mentioned, and, and also whether users... Um, particularly teens, whether they would know to get the help of a, a health care provider. Uh, but the advisory committee agreed most women would know how to use the medication on their own. Do you agree? Yes. Uh, we have seen pills over the counter in many countries for many, many decades. Uh, when we overall, it is very safe. And the reality is that we need to do a better job and I mean authorities or local organizations, to really educate, just like anything else, whether we're talking about cough medicine or pain meds, right, ibuprofen, those type of meds. We need to educate on how to use it Mm -hmm. and make sure that how we educate is actually accessible and not um, jargon or medical language. There were some concerns, too, from the FDA analysts uh, about whether women with breast cancer or a history of breast cancer would know not to use the drug. Right. Overall, because it does not have estrogen, and this is just case by case, so I don't want to say this across the board, um, progesterone-only pills are very, very safe. When we look at medical eligibility criteria, which is something that all providers use uh, when they're prescribing, it is considered a very safe method for many people despite their history of reproductive cancers. And what would education around this over-the-counter pill look like for first-timers? Are we talking pamphlets at doctor's offices or? Um, you know, I do believe I can, and that's who I'm with, Illinois Contraceptive Access Now, so that's our acronym, I can. You know, our focus is really that every person should have access to birth control. They should know all their options and they should be able to freely choose when and if to use them, right? And so a lot of our education, um, we do have online, we have a birth control quiz, because that's also, there's Currently, I believe 17 or 18 FDA-approved methods. This is one of them that's coming out right now, right? We want people to know that they can look at all their options and then decide if progesterone-only pills is for them, great. They're going to be able to get it over the counter. Hopefully, we can talk a little about cost in a second. Yes. Um, but then, you know, that if they want another option, they know where to go, who to trust, and that they can afford it. And so that's really um, I can for all, number four. All.org is our website that has a birth control quiz Mm -hmm. for uh, people to use. And then there's also ways, uh, a birth control locator of high quality providers who are truly providing patient-centered contraceptive care. So people feel respected because that's really critical. Oh, for sure. So you mentioned earlier the FDA's approval. It comes as as some states we know are, are trying to restrict access to birth control and abortion. This is after that Roe v. Wade decision a little over a year ago. Just remind us what contraceptive access looks like in Illinois and you know, surrounding regions. Yes. Illinois has been a leader in making a lot of amazing policies 
to truly advance contraceptive equity. However, a lot of the policies are look great, they're on the books, but on the ground implementation and actually impacting the people who need it the most is where we're hoping to do more work on. And so here in Illinois, despite the great policies, we still have a lot of work to really affect the impacts that we're hoping to. Mm. What are the biggest barriers, you would say, to to getting birth control, right? And how can this pill, O-pill, mm-hmm. reduce those barriers, you think? Yeah. Again, I think it's about making sure that the person who wants this particular method... Can get it. Can get it, right? And the barriers often are about cost. So we need to be sure the authorities who oversee... Um, Coverage, right? Both public and pay- private payers um, truly continue to say, you know, make sure that the system uh, allows for no cost um, coverage, mm-hmm. meaning no out of pocket costs for the patient, for the user, and that they're not saying you need a prescription. And and we should note, Opil, the company that makes mm-hmm. Opil, they haven't given any information just yet on the cost Correct. of this medication. But you say it's important to make this type of birth control affordable. Right. There's been a lot of federal um, protections under the current administration um, to also say if something is of birth control should be no cost sharing for the user. And so we really need to uh, make sure that is fully rolled out with both our public Medicaid insurance Mm -hmm. and our private payers. I'd love for you to give us an example maybe of of someone that you've worked with um, through um, I can, who hasn't had access to contraceptives in the past? Yeah, I mean, I think um, we focus a lot on making sure that people know that this is their choice, first of all. Yeah. Um, it's not their partners or a family member. Um, we can, you know, have them do a birth control quiz online or we can connect them to a trusted healthcare provider. We have sites throughout the state and that's growing every day. Um, where we also not only want to get them to make sure they get their birth control choice, but understand that they can take care of themselves for full primary and preventative care services. Okay. Other things, STI testing, right? Cervical cancer, our right. pap screen, all those things. It shouldn't be just a one thing that we take care of people of. And so that's a lot of the work. We want to really de-silo and destigmatize and normalize birth control as just preventative primary care services. De-silo and destigmatize. Yes. Yes, yeah. critical. Um, and so for the average user who's just thinking about using pills for the first time, you know, we often like to ask people a screening question that's really about how, what is important to them about their birth control. Because I think we never take the time. We just say, here, do this, use this as a provider, right? Mm-hmm. Well-intentioned often is just time. But, you know, asking a person what is important to them about birth control. If someone says it's really important that efficacy is super important, Meaning I do not want to get pregnant and right. I can't, you know. I need this to be 99.999%. Right. A progesterone-only pill may not be the option. Right? Right. Because that's many, good to know. Right. There's many other methods that are close, have higher efficacy. But if someone just says, I am breastfeeding right now and I don't want to get uh, pregnant and I'm pretty good about taking the pill, great. This is a perfect option for you. Or I can't take estrogen. Um, I've been told I can't take estrogen. Um and I want to continue the pill because I'm happy with that method. 
great. This is a great option. So anything we can do to increase access, but again, we're really advocating. We This is hopefully just the first step. Yeah. Education is, is key for sure. Mm-hmm. And your group I know is working on a, a five-year initiative trying to improve the quality and the, and the coverage of contraceptive care at community health centers across the state. How's that going? It's going great overall. Um, right. We are here in Illinois. We have a lot of amazing community health centers, uh, safety net clinic providers that are really understanding that this is a serious issue, what's happening since the Dobbs decision and with millions of people robbed of their reproductive autonomy, that they want to do their part. Um, and we also realize that we have a ugly history of reproductive coercion. So we really need to approach it really thinking about how do we support the person across their reproductive life mm-hmm. uh, from what we say, you know, from maybe from your period to when you're menopause, that age frame. We need to help people feel like they can make decisions for themselves um, across that. And it's not just about birth control. And birth control is just one important piece. You said the key word, autonomy, mm-hmm. right? Um, last year, Governor Pritzker enacted a law that uh, aimed to make it easier to get birth control in this state. What did the law do, Kai? And is it achieving the goal? Yes, there was a law, legislation that was passed where over-the-counter, where hormo- pharmacists were able to prescribe or dispense, I think the key word is dispense, Mm -hmm. hormonal contraception. Um, However, because it requires training and we have to have a system for pharmacists to be reimbursed. And this is pharmacists doing this without a doctor's prescription. Correct. Independently, you should be able to go to a pharmacist. Key word, you should be able to. It is not truly in effect yet because we're still working out the logistics in the state of Illinois. But you should be able to go to a pharmacist, do a self-screening questionnaire of some type so we can understand your current and past medical history, mm-hmm. um, and then be able to prescribe you a pill, a patch, or a ring, um, may, including EC. There is an emergency contraceptive pill that still requires a prescription. One doesn't. There's two different types. Okay. Um, or possibly the depot shot, which some pharmacists have been doing as well. However, to date, we're still really working out how is it so pharmacists can feel adequately trained. There is training they need to do on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that their system, wherever they work, right, has these, uh, the computer uh, platform, the digital platforms to be able to bill, capture this important information, and then, you know, have yeah. it on record. So. Yeah, and so you've had to clear up some of that confusion, it right. sounds like. So as of today, you know, birth control pill in Illinois is not over-the-counter yet. We know this new progesterone-only pill will be coming. Next year. Ha- next year. How it's rolled out, where it's actually placed in the pharmacy, and how our insurers, both public and private, handle this will be really key points that um, ICANN will be working with the state to make sure. So leave us with this. I mean, what should folks keep in mind when they're exploring their options for birth control? Yes, we have up to 18 FDA-approved birth control methods. Think about what's important to you about birth control. Is it affordability? Is it that I want to be able to self-administer? Whatever it may be. Privacy, confidentiality, right? Think about that. There is this birth control uh, that we have available online, but know that you have options and it's very common. Many people with, may try a method 
and switch a few years later. And that's okay, too. And that's what we want to support. Um, and so I think the final message is we're excited about today's ruling. We, uh, you know, advocate and are celebrate any time when there are new access points. But so much is also about making sure that uh, we support the user to know all their options and they can afford it. That's Kai Tao with Illinois Contraceptive Access Now. Kai, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, of course. Thank you. This episode of Reset was produced by Stephanie Kim, and it was edited by Andrew Merriweather and Dan Tucker. Get the latest news affecting Chicago and beyond by subscribing to our podcast. We post episodes each morning and afternoon, Monday through Friday, with a bonus episode on Saturdays. Now that's all for Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll talk to you again this afternoon. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.